Welcome back to Bible study, Paul's epistle to the Galatian church. Welcome back to John and to Derek. Bless you. It's great. It's, it's amazing to be in these scriptures. Now, uh, the last couple of weeks, we, we sort of did a reading two weeks ago, if you remember, if you can think back that far in the strange world that we're living in, uh, and read from 6 to 14. Last week, we read from 10 to 14. This week, we're going to read from 13 to 14. So I think there's a hint there that these um, 13 and 14, thrice read, are very important verses. So John, you're just going to read two verses. I don't know whether the last time we read only two verses. But <coughs> yeah, a long time ago. Important verses. Yeah. I'll pray. But these are very important verses. <clears throat> right, so it's Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Thank you very much. And I'll, I'll just um, commit the time to the Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for all that you have done. Um, so much beyond what we could even imagine, what we can even form into words and thoughts. Um, your ways are higher than our ways. And we just want to come before you uh, this evening with grateful hearts in humility, in wonder, love and praise. And ask, Lord, that just during this hour you'll reveal to us here in the studio and to all who are uh, joining us from the wider Church Without Walls, uh, that you will reveal to us some precious truths from your word. We commit this time to you and pray that it might be for your praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Yeah, the, la the end of last week, we sort of had some absolute nuggets that we <laughs> crushed into the last um, you know, minute or, or two, and we just about got through by the skin of our teeth you know, to the final um, outro but it, it probably would, it behoves us and it would be a blessing for us to, to consider more um, these issues of, of what, what, what it really means about that, that hanging on the tree. And I, I remember I, I threw out a couple of things to do with Moses and the rod. We talked about the, the brazen serpent you know, which was there for the healing. And we, I think it's worth probably recapping that mm. and adding a, a bit more to the picture. Who wants to start? Derek. Which one do you want to start uh, with? I don't mind. I, I honestly um, think that they're all, they're, there's rich, rich truths there. Yeah. Um, you also well, pointed out, and I don't mind just throwing it yeah. straight in, that I, I mentioned the striking of the, the rod Moses striking the rock mm. and when he was asked to speak to it. So let's start there. Well, this, um, I, I like to think of the curse. <clears throat> we're talking about the curse and the blessing, right? Yeah. And we're talking about the awful fact that because of our sin, because, you know, we, we break God's standards, we are under the judgment of God and, and we're condemned uh, 
you know. And uh, we are, would be, if there was no other truth, we would be cut off from the life of God forever. And, you know, uh, the, the, what is God's remedy for that? And it's his death and his resurrection. And I like to think of it like this, that firstly, he, in his death, he took the curse on himself to remove it from us. But he also paid the price for us to be blessed, to, to receive justification and to receive us, to receive the Holy life. Spirit, yeah. to receive life. Mm. And that life was released to us yeah. through his resurrection. Mm. So we got the death and we got the resurrection. Mm. He took the curse on the cross so that through his resurrection we could be blessed. And, and so there are these two stories in Exodus, of course, at the start of the 40 years, Moses struck the rock, and the rock is Christ, and out of the rock flowed the water yeah. of life. And so we, we understand that that is God, God's judgment fell on Christ, mm. the rock, and as a result of that, the, the water of life is released to us. Mm. You know, that, that was meant to be a once and for all thing, yeah. which is what the cross is. But then at the end of the 40 years, Moses was also told to speak. Uh, speak to the rock this time. And, and this mm. time uh, he, he used a different rod. It wasn't the, the, you know, the, the rod of Moses, it was actually the rod of Aaron, mm. the, the priest. And so the first occasion he struck with his rod. Which was uh, used as a rod of judgment, which, if you like. The rod was, of God, mm. in a way, the judgment of God. Um, but this now is different because now in the typology, Christ has been crucified, all right? Mm. He has removed the curse, praise God. We are no longer under the curse if we trust in Christ, praise God. Mm. Now we are to live in the blessing of resurrection life, which is constantly available to us. Mm. Now, uh, what Moses was meant to do is represent that reality now. By that, speaking. By speaking, but also he held a different rod. If you read it in Numbers, 20, I think it is, um, he took the rod from before the Lord. Now, if you go back in that story, this, is Mo, this was Aaron's Aaron when his, Aaron's his high priesthood was challenged. Um, Moses had a contest. He says, okay, all you other contenders, let's give your rod. We'll put it in the, in the uh, Holy of Holies and we'll, uh, of course, overnight, Aaron's rod miraculously blooded. Budded, which yeah. was the, the resurrection life yeah. that went with his office. Uh, and, and so that rod represents his, his authority as high priest mm. and the resurrection life. And so Moses held that rod, you know, which to me symbolizes now we're talking about, you know, Christ has already died and, and he's now risen. Mm. And now we call forth. And the name for the rock is different. This so how wrong it is for us then, as it were, yes. to grab that rod of God's work yeah. of grace and glory and try and use yes. it as an well, implement well, for we're ourselves. We're, again, we're saying Christ's work was not enough. We, we yeah. have to crucify yeah. him again. Yeah. You know, his, his, once you realize that his work on the cross was totally sufficient, yeah. um, we don't try and make that happen again. It's a done deal. So we're coming back to our theme, John. 
Yes, we're coming, we're coming right back to we're our We're not theme. putting the Lord on the cross again. No, but, but don't we just do that all the time? Yeah. Um, Christians are encouraged to be... I, I, honestly, I, I, I was talking to Hugh Jackman last week, and, and we reckon that the devil must sit in the front pew in church Sunday after Sunday laughing his head off. I mean, mm. you know, we're just doing his work for him. Mm. Because you, you come out thinking, well, it was a good message, I must go and try harder. Uh, it, it's got nothing to do with trying. Grace has got nothing to do with trying harder. And yet there are people all out, uh, people, you know, who are, who are saved throughout, who are trying hard to meet God's standards. I have to say to you, you will fail. You will continue to fail. You don't have to work for God. You, you don't have to do anything to impress him or, or, or anything. But I'm running ahead of myself. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 but, but, you know, this is the, the point is that, that grace takes over yeah. uh, from performance yeah. and totally takes over. Mm. And that's a new learning curve that we're on. But, but coming, coming, coming back to what's happening here, you know, this is, I think I said to you before, this, these two verses strike me as being the fulcrum around which the whole of Galatians rotates mm. and, and, and the whole of Paul's argument rotates, therefore. And in his, in his exposition, in his pouring out of his, of his soul as he's pleading with these people, can't you see it? Don't you understand what has happened? And they clearly don't, because they wouldn't be doing what they, what they were. They wouldn't be seduced by ideas of circumcision or by dietary laws or, or whatever, if they had understood. Mm. Um, and you know, we brought out last week the, 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 the sheer beauty of the scripture, which although the, the act wasn't beautiful, the act of crucifixion, how God has, has, has Put, put this very act into, into the law yeah. that we can see this is how these things are dealt with. This is how a, the curse is dealt with. This is how the curse is removed, all prefiguring what was going to happen to Jesus. And, and, and it's just wonderful. Mm -hmm. But uh, when we look at what happened to Jesus, we need to understand that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. He's also 100% sinless. Therefore, he cannot die mm -hmm. in that foot, in that say. He cannot die. Righteousness is eternal. It cannot be killed. Mm -hmm. But he goes willingly to the cross, and, 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 and the scripture tells us, he who had no sin became okay. sin. Now, if you become sin, let, let, let's not beat about the bush. It's going to offend lots of religious sensibilities. He became a sinner. He became, who, he who was not sin became sin for us. He became a sinner. And it was only in the state of being a sinner that he could die. Now, it's also interesting that he wasn't killed. He was nailed to the cross, certainly. He was condemned to death, certainly. But that didn't kill him. He decided it is finished, as he said in, John's, in, 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 in John 19, I think it is. Um, and he gave up his gave spirit. Up. Yeah. He recognized that the work that he was required to do was now complete and he could die. But he could only die as a sinner because unless he was a sinner, he could not have died. He was, do you understand yeah, what I'm know, trying to I say know, here? He, he's an eternal being. He had not being. personally committed sin, but no. he had taken on Yeah, sin. and it was only in that condition it was yeah. possible for him to die at all. And he only, he only died because he allowed himself to die. 
So the, the God-man, as it were, was, is now saying it is time now for me, as I've taken this sin, to do what I couldn't do without it, which is to die. Because clearly Jesus would have lived forever if he decided to stay in his human form. You know, this is really, really, really it's important. It's, it's, so, it's so important. Yeah, and, and, and the scripture tells us in Isaiah 53, 6, is it, mm. that God laid the iniquity of us all upon yeah. him. Mm. So this is sin throughout all time. People say, well, you, you come to the Lord, you confess your sins. You actually don't have to confess your sins. You need to repent, which is a different thing, um, because the, the sin is dealt with. Now, there's nothing wrong with confessing your sins, but let's not go overboard on it. Let's understand what has happened. Um, and people say, well, my past, uh, only my past sins are dealt with. I'm sorry, when Jesus died, you weren't even a twinkle in your father's eye. <laughs> so all future sin is dealt with, all of it, and all past. Now, this is, this is just... Incredible. I mean, it's wonderful. He took the sin of the world upon him. Mm. This was, you can imagine in the spirit, there was a, there was a, there appeared to be a fight going on. It's a bit like, a bit like the, the fight in Daniel where, you know, where the, the prince of Persia withheld the, the progress of, of, of Michael or of Gabriel and Michael came to help. There's, there, there is the semblance of a war going on such that it became dark. Um, and you've got death and sin fighting, f fighting, they think, yeah. with righteousness and, and um, well, with righteousness, mm. with a righteous God. And this fight is going on and, mm. and, and, and sin and, and the curse, are, they're determined to win. Yeah. And for the sake of expediency, they're allowed to win. But it's a shallow victory, <laughs> a hollow P victory. Pyrrhic. It's that's the word. It's a pyrrhic, pyrrhic victory. Um, the, the, the Lord allows them to force to put him in a position where he says, "It is finished. Mm. It's all upon me," and uh, and I give up my spirit. And they think they killed him, but they didn't. Mm. Um, but he had to do that so that the resurrection could follow. Sorry, I'm run out of breath. No, I absolutely. <laughs> well, do you know what? Um, I could listen to you all day on that one. It's really gripping. It is and gripping, you've isn't it? Captured what what it was the uh, the well the essence of our yes. reading, but so dramatic, um, and the essence of cursed is the one who's on the tree. Yeah, and yet in our two verses we have blessings and curses. Mm. So and and you you spoke about this blessing because the blessing comes afterwards. So blessing the Pyrrhic victory yes. suddenly appears to be a complete defeat <laughs> because of all the blessing that flows from it. And so we talked about that, that water gushing out, the, the, the blossoming of, of Aaron's rod. There are a number of other sort of juxtaposed blessings and curses in the scriptures. And I think that's probably something we can open up as we consider the blessing. He redeemed blessing. us in order to, that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through faith. Just a little point. Blessings are the manifestation of the, the blessing. Yes. Yeah. So you've got point. three levels, actually. You've got the blesser, yeah. who is God. Yeah. The blessing, which is the spiritual life of God. Mm. And, and you have blessings, which is the manifestation of the blessing. Yeah. So you receive the blessing from the blesser by faith, and that is God's life in you, 
And that will manifest in the blessings as, such as healing or other wisdom, other manifestations of the, the blessing of God. So we should always value the blessing more than the blessings. Very good. And we should always value the blesser more than the blessing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. I think very, that very helps to, to see that. And so. in one sense, last week we were... We, we saw the curse, and then we saw curses that come from the curse, as it were. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the blessing is the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the spirit of God. Absolutely. And it's recognizing, you know, bringing it down to practical issues for us alive today, trying to walk out our Christian lives, is that every sin we commit, and because we do continue to commit them, whether we, we wish we didn't, but the fact is we do, because we fall short of that glorious standard, belongs to the Lord. Every sin we commit, He has taken. It's His sin. And in exchange, we get His holiness. Mm -hmm. And that's the positional truth that we need to occupy. And you have to practice it. You have to practice, recognize. You see, the moment you sin, the law will rise up, as I said last week, you start barking in your ear. No, no. And, and the power behind that is, is Satan, because the law itself, the thing, or is it the, the handwriting of yeah. requirements, which was written by God himself in stone, it was his handwriting, has been nailed to the cross. It's, it's, as, it's as dead as a dodo. It doesn't exist anymore except for the life that we give it. You know, Israel gives it life, yeah. but it's been nailed to the cross. And, 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 and all our sin is nailed to the cross, that, that thing, that, that law identified. Yeah, wow. Don, you've got to stop. Your, your alarm on your watch is it going. Is. It <laughs> is. Over to Derek. Stop. But that was really anointed, really anointed, John. <laughs> Sorry Leave about the, that. Throw the watch away. I will. It's a silly thing. As Stanley Baker said to Michael Crawford in the games. Look, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so sorry. <laughs> Over to you, Derek. Well, we were talking about speaking to the rock. I just thought, just what does that, that, what does that mean? I think one of the best ways you can speak to the rock, which, by the way, was a high elevated rock, which is a picture of Jesus risen, ascended on high, who now pours out the Holy Spirit continually. Mm. And, and really, we, we don't have to work to, to get that water. But I think one of the best ways to speak to the rock is to is, is thank you. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for your yeah. healing power that's working mm. in my body right mm. now. Thank you for the blessing of God that, that, that gives me abundance in my life. Thank you, Lord, for your peace that is filling my mind right now. It's understanding that I don't have to work to release the blessing. It's been released from yeah. on high. But thank you, Lord. And, and in a way, um, I'm holding forth the truth of the resurrection mm. by holding forth Aaron's rod you know, that budded. Lord, you're risen from the dead. You've poured out the Holy Spirit. Thank you for my healing right now. Thank you for my healing power. Thank you for peace for my mind. Thank you for strength right now. Thank you for the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. You know, thank you for empowering me to prosper in my life. Mm -hmm. and, and by thanking God, you, you are expressing your faith with your lips and I think that's how in a way you speak to the rock yeah. and by speaking to the rock you're calling upon his spirit to to fill you mm. and to flow through you wonderful I just wanted to thank add you that yeah thought. thank you so we're going to toggle between you know blessings and curses and that, um, because it's in this these two verses but in John 3 the Lord 
I'm speaking to Nicodemus, he talks about that the Son of Man, this is in verse um, 14, chapter 3, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, um, so the Son of Man um, uh, must be lifted up. And everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Yes. So this, and this curse is, the is there. Picture. Exactly. Carry on. Same picture. Uh, it, it's a picture of, of this. And it's, yeah. I'm glad you pointed to yeah. it. It's in Numbers 21. Okay. And it, the context is they are grumbling and complaining against God and Moses. They're, mm. they're sinning. Yeah. And it says in verse 6, God sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Mm. So this is, the, these serpents in a way represent their sin. Mm. They're fiery because when you get bitten by this, it injects you with poison. Okay, this is the, the poison of sin or the, or the curse if you like. Mm. Um, and, and it makes you feel like your body's on fire. Mm. You know, that's the fiery serpents. And, and so this, this is the curse came on the people because of their sin. And that's what the serpent represents, the sin, and the poison is the curse that cr creates death, actually. And I'm then just it's interested that this is just, uh, in, in, you've got the story of Moses and the water from the rock mm. in the chapter before. I don't know yes. how, how long the chronology is, but the Bible is just, as you say, so amazingly balanced. And, and now we come on, so it's almost as though Moses got the lesson personally mm. in the chapter before, and now there's the lesson for the whole of the people of Israel. But carry on, yeah. it's just... Uh, and therefore, verse 7, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. So they've, they've acknowledged their sin now. Mm. For we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray that he might take away the serpents from us. So they're praying for, for salvation. They're praying mm. for the answer to their sin mm. and, and the curse. So Moses prayed for the people. Mm. And then the Lord reveals the remedy, which of course is the cross. Yeah. There is only one remedy. Mm. Uh, make a fiery serpent, in other words, an image of those serpents, uh, and set it on a pole, and it will be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, okay? Um, and bronze is a, is a metal of, that represents judgment in the Bible. Yeah. And he put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So here, strangely, it seems strange, uh, and it seems to have fed through into the symbol for the healing profession, exactly. which yeah. is interesting. Very but interesting. Um, a bronze serpent rep was a picture being lifted up, obviously, as you quoted in from John 3, 14 and 15, Jesus was saying, that's a picture of me. Yeah. That's a picture of me as the remedy for sin and the curse. And what it was is that serpent was put up there representing their sin and their curse, a poison serpent, fiery serpent, and it was bronzed. In other words, it's not a living thing now, it's been judged. That's good. And when they look at that, what are they seeing? They are seeing their sin, that sin. judged on Christ that he took the curse yeah. for them. And when they look in faith and they see what God has done for them, they, they lived, they were healed. Yeah. And so that tells you that sickness is part of the curse mm. and therefore healing is part of the blessing. Yeah. And Jesus 
took your curse and he also took your sickness on the cross mm -hmm. so that you could have the blessing of healing. But you have to see the cross for yourself. You've got to see personally that Jesus took the, your curse, your sin, and you've got to accept that. Amen. Gift of grace. Yeah, I think this the is, blessing will flow. This is so important, mm -hmm. and, and and we have dear, lovely Christians, you know, who some of whom have died of horrible diseases, mm -hmm. some of whom are, 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 are very poorly now, mm -hmm. and some of whom have loved ones who perhaps aren't saved, or and and they're praying for them, and yet Christians die of horrible diseases prematurely. I mean, my view is that we should go out in full harness like Elijah. Yes. That's the way Christians yes. should go out. Yes. Uh, but that's not the... Make sure to drop your, your jacket on the way up. <laughs> I now grab it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, Derek's absolutely right. I, the, the sickness is quite clearly a product of the curse. It's not God punishing you um, uh, at all. Uh, but we bring it, sickness manifests in our lives uh, through lots of ways. And, and we don't want, and if you get a cold, really, it doesn't matter that much, you know. But the, the, the point is that you can only, and I'm realizing this more and more, you can only receive healing by grace, not by diligent works where you're spouting. Uh, that sounds like a derogatory word, and I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but uh, you're, you're repeating healing scriptures again and again and again and again and again and again. I want you to know that God knows those healing scriptures mm. better than you, and he knows the other ones that are there which you don't yet know. Mm. But by grace you are healed. You know, and I, I think of, uh, of the instruction in, in James, you know, if the sick among you, call for the elders of the church. Well, it doesn't mean you've got to go down and you're a bit nervous of the elders of your church. We're all elders of the church. You know, if you're mature Christians, you're elders of the church. So, you know, you, you, you stand around this love, anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will cause them to be healed. That's it. That is grace in operation. And then just keep thanking the Lord that it's by grace. It's, it's a, an outworking of grace. It's the blessing. It's an outworking of the blessing. And it is ours. This is not, you know, being hyping, getting hyped up. It's just quietly resting in the Lord, knowing that this is true. Grace is, is yeah, it's, it's, it's just, so. it's extraordinary. It's, yeah. it's a free gift. Amen. And Amen. It's, it's rooted in, in, the, in the atonement of Christ. In that's the that's right. Yeah, that's and, right. And that's the key often that yeah. isn't pr yeah. preached, that um, Jesus redeemed us from the curse. He mm. did it. He took the curse. And in Deuteronomy 28, where it lists the curse, it basically lists loads and loads of different sicknesses mm. as part of the mm. curse. And verse 61 in Deuteronomy 28, it says, also every sickness... Yes, and every right. plague, yeah. which is not written in the book of the law, will, you know, is the curse. So, in other words, under that category of the curse is included all sicknesses. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, Christ, on the cross, Christ has redeemed us mm. from the curse. He's, he's done what is necessary to break us free from the curse. We, we need to, obviously, look at Christ. We need to see him crucified for us, taking our sin 
to receive our forgiveness, taking our sickness to receive our healing, the blessing of healing. So he redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us, he became sick as it were for us, that we might receive the blessing of healing, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you've, you've alluded to uh, Deuteronomy 28 uh, and, you know, there, there was a, you know, a historical setting and a geographical setting for those blessings and curses, which, I mean, there's so many things we could just dip into, but I think it's worth just dipping into Deuteronomy, mm. which we've never studied, I don't think, as a book yet no, it's on a, Bible it's, study, it's, but it's, 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 it's quite profound. So, you know, we have, we have in chapter... You know, in the preceding chapters, talking about the um, uh, that they gathered on Mount um, Ebal, that's in um, chapter 27. Uh, but um, just just take us through, and obviously that is the Mount of Cursing. It is. You know. but just before we do that, yes, can please. I just say something? Yeah, please a, do. A, a quote which I picked up from Martin Luther, and I I love it. Yes. He says. We must practice and become experts in the art of transferring our sins, our death, and every evil from ourselves to Christ. And Christ's righteousness and blessing from Christ to ourselves. Mm. That's a good, that's a isn't very, it? very good balance. Isn't it good? Yeah. That's isn't not it good? a bad deal, is it? No. Why wouldn't more people take it up? Take up well, because they don't know. Mm. It, you know, most Christians do not know. The grace is not touched upon, and it's not touched upon because you know who doesn't want it preached. Mm. Mm. We have to root our faith in the cross. Yeah. yeah. You know, that needs to be preached more. I was thinking of another one. I mean, it's so many things dart through one's mind, but you, you, we, we spoke a little bit about, about Peter. And, you know, in, um, in chapter 16 of Matthew, you know, it, the Lord's saying, if you deny yourself, take up your cross, you know, and then then the beginning of the following chapter, 17, is the transfiguration, where I think Peter eventually did get it because he said, and we, um, we saw him on the holy mountain. Um, and I'm only triggered by that because you talked about grace. And John, in the, just those couple of verses in John 1, he said, we beheld his glory, full of grace yes. and truth. Mm. So this is the blessing that we can see his glory. But we need to understand the cross as well, the mechanism. That is the basis. Yeah. But put it, think of it this way. This might be helpful. <clears throat> the great, we talk about the grace of God. Mm. But in Ephesians 1, say verse 1 to 14, he, he, he gives it in a Trinitarian fashion. Yeah. So there's three levels to the grace of <clears throat> God. or three. First of all, there's the grace of God in eternity. God the Father who, who planned our salvation. He chose us. He predestined us. All right, in Christ before the foundation of the world. Then there is the grace of the Son, which is the, his work, his life, and particularly his death for us on the cross, making it possible for us to be forgiven and have eternal life. And then there is the grace of the Holy Spirit, which we are experiencing now. Mm-hmm. When, but the grace as the procession in the Trinity is that the Spirit flows from the Father through the Son Mm. and through the work of the Son. Mm. So for us to receive the grace of God, 
we, we see it comes from God the Father, but it comes through Christ and his death on the cross for us. And that's why we need to have this crystal clear vision and, and all these types and shadows are to help us see clearly what Jesus did for us on the cross because the grace of the Holy Spirit that empowers us now, that heals us now, it flows from God through the cross, through his death and resurrection. Mm. Mm. And I, I think that, that helps to know that we have the Spirit now, the blessing of Abraham now, because of, of the cross. Yeah, yeah. And that's mentioned in our passage, the, the blessing of given to Abraham. Blessing given to Abraham. So, yes, the blessing. And, and another thing maybe we should mention, because I know some, uh, in certain countries more than others perhaps, but people are aware of the spiritual warfare that people put you know, in the occult. They operate by putting curses on people. That's right. That's and right. you know, if, if, you want to, if you think that you are under a curse, you know, that somebody through a prayer or evil words spoken over you, uh, or, or any such thing, um, and these things can be real. Mm. Um, we, we have to stand on Galatians 3.13 and, and you know, your, that's where your faith is rooted. No, that curse is not coming on me because Christ has redeemed me from every curse. Yeah. Yeah. And he's released a blessing for me, so therefore I declare I'm under the blessing of God. I am not under any Amen. curse. That curse does not it come on me it. in Jesus' it. name. And you have to take your stand on the Galatians 3.13. That's why it's such a great verse. Yeah. Well, have we done with the curses? That's my well, question. You, we haven't <laughs> answered your question. Which no, is... no, of course. But I never expect, I do ask <laughs> these questions, but I never, I'm not too um, precious about them. But I, do, I would like to talk about that because there's, there are themes that are throughout Scripture and the, 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 it was no accident that they were there at, at Mount Ebal and Gerasim, which are there today. And that's in Joshua 8. Joshua 8. So here's another picture, another yeah. type. Yeah. To and by the way, it is, there's a modern context also, you know, and in between is the Valley of Decision and you have Nablus and, you, and, and we still have strife today because people haven't got it, as it were. It, nations haven't got it. Yes, and this is the location of ancient uh, Sh Shechem. Shechem, Shechem, which is between two mountains that are quite close together, mm. uh, Ebal and Gerizim. Mm. And when Joshua entered the land, he obeyed what God said in Deuteronomy. Mm. Uh, Joshua 8.30, it says, Joshua built an altar to the Lord God in Mount Ebal. Okay, so first of all, this is the picture of the cross. This is the altar where sacrifices are made. That's right. And as God and commanded is the, Israel. The, it's considered the, the Mount of Cursing, Mount Ebal. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that. And then um, he, they sacrificed on it. And also, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Hmm. So the law was written wow. there. Wow. which is an interesting detail. And I say that this is a picture of Christ on the cross in whose heart was written the law of God mm. and he was offered up on the cross. So that's the first picture. And then it says that in verse 33, they gathered all of Israel together, half in front of Mount Gerizim and half in front of Mount Ebal which is interesting. I'm just, and then, I'm just, I think another thought has flashed into my mind where, where there's a scripture that said that the sacrifice will be on the north side. 
Yes, that's right, and the burnt offering. Uh, if, and, if the, if the, and and yes. Mount Ebel's on the north side. Yes. Yes. So it's consistent. Uh, yeah, carry on, don't let me interrupt. Because no, we're going to run good. out of time before we get to all the blessings. <laughs> that's all I'm concerned about. In one hour of Bible study, we can't just completely be preoccupied with the curse. So, yeah, carry on. The, uh, it says that they should bless the people of Israel. Yeah. So the purpose is that Israel would come under the blessing. Yeah. But you can't ignore the curse. So there has to be a provision yeah. for the curse. Yeah. And then in verse 34, Joshua 8, he read all the words of the law and the blessings and the cursings. Mm. And then um, what he was doing was following God's command in Deuteronomy 11 and Deuteronomy 27 is where the instructions were. So that's where we can see the full picture of the salvation, okay? And the, that's where we find out that the curses were pronounced on Mount Ebal. So half the tribes were on one side putting the curses on Mount Ebal mm. and the other half, the blessings were put on Mount Gerizim. That's right. Ebal is a picture of the cross, so I would suggest Gerizim is the picture of Christ's resurrection. Mm. It, for instance, Deuteronomy 11:26, God says, I set before you blessing and cursing. Um, and then he says in verse 29, it shall be when you go into the land, you will put the blessing on Mount Gerizim yeah. and you will put the curse on Mount Ebal. Mm. Amazing. All right. And then in Deuteronomy 27:11, Moses says again, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. So the blessing is released from Mount Gerizim. And then it says, these will stand on Mount Ebal to curse. Mm. So you here you've got this picture. It's half half, wasn't it? Oh, if yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. So first of all, the curse of the broken law was put on Mount Ebal, the place of sacrifice, and that's a picture of Christ, mm -hmm. the ultimate sacrifice, taking the curse yeah, of, the law. of Israel. Mm. See, the curse that Israel was under is being put yeah. on Christ, yeah. on the cross, praise God. And then the blessing... I just need to step back, I know we're running out of time, but um, just uh, for, you know, the mapology of it, you know, the location, they're, they're physical, so you might think, what are they talking about, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal? It's physical places just north of Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, um, um, in present day, you know, the so-called West Bank, um, where you have the, um, the two mountains are still there, and yeah. we now have Nablus, where the ancient Shechem was in the middle of those two mountains. About 500 yards apart, so everyone yeah. could hear what was going on. Correct. Uh, and it, so the blessings were put on Mount Gerizim and they were spoken mm. out from Mount Gerizim. Mm. And that's a picture of the, the resurrection. So Ebal... And by the it, way, I think in Jewish tradition that, that Mount Gerizim was actually the fertile mm. or the more fertile the blessed one, mountain. The blessed mountain. And Mount Ebal yeah. was the more barren. Mm. Mm. So Ebal represents Christ in his death, yeah. taking the curse for us. Yeah. And Gerizim represents Christ in his resurrection when he received the blessing mm. on our behalf and released it to us, mm. you see. Wonderful. And so that is a picture of Galatians 3.13, yeah. that he took the curse on the cross yes. and he released the blessing through his resurrection. So you, I mean... You couldn't make it up, could you? I mean, it's just, I, I prayed in my prayer, his, God's ways are higher than our ways. Yes. His, his paths are beyond tracing out. Who is ever given to God? It's all fitting in with our theme. 
that God should repay him. It's there's all a, of God's grace. There's also that verse which has just, just come to mind. I think yeah. it's Exodus 30, I think. Yeah. Hold on. While John's doing that. Yeah, while he does let me that, read something carry around on, here. and then I've got another verse. Yeah. Right. Our faith is rooted in his death and resurrection. Mm. So through faith in Christ's death for us, we are released from the power of the curse. Yeah. Through faith in his resurrection, we receive the power of new life and blessing. Wonderful. I think that's that is really, really good, really good. <laughs> Um, you found it, have you? Yes, I have. I've got another one. I have. In, in Exodus 30, verse 12, it yeah. says, When you take the census of the children of Israel for their number, then every man shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord when you number them, that there may be no plague among them when you number them. Mm. And there's a number, another one talks about when you are registered in heaven. Mm. And you could see again the typology here that Jesus has become our ransom. Um, and... and and as a consequence of becoming our ransom, there should be no plague amongst us. Mm. Uh, plague is any, you know, it, it, it is ultimately a sickness that leads to death. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, they're, they're lesser forms. And Psalm 91 talks about this as well. The, the plague will not come nigh us. And although it stalks about, it shall not come nigh us. This is all part of what we're talking about in, in Galatians 3.13. It shall not. And, but if you don't understand the legality and the power, sheer dy spiritual dynamic of these two verses, you will always be subject to manipulation by the devil with these things. This is, this is so important. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So in, in um, Deuteronomy 30, it just says, I've set before you blessings and curses. Yeah. Therefore, um, choose uh, uh, death, life and death, therefore choose life mm. so that you and your children may live. Yeah, yeah. There is a choice in, in it. I mean, the, 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 the chanting, as it were, on Mount Gerizim and, and Ebal, you know, were, were sort of, um, certainly, you know, you're pronouncing blessings and, and, and curses, but you, there's also an element of making a promise to God that we will follow you, we will choose life. You know, when he says choose life, and I don't know if it's that passage or yeah. a nearby passage, but he, he, he says you choose life by choosing God. God is yeah, life. That's right. And, he, and he, God says cling yeah. to me. Yeah. Cling to God who is life. That's how you mm. choose life. It's by grace. Life comes from to God by grace. It does say, for the Lord is, this is the end of, yeah. of chapter 30, so that'll be verse 21. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land, he swore. The Lord is your life. That's so that, that is grace. Mm. You cling to God in grace yeah. because you know through his death and resurrection, he's made himself available to you. He gives you his life. Yeah. Now you cling to life mm. and, and you, um, you, you embrace him, yeah. you yeah. see, because he is life. His spirit is inside you. And um, praise God, if you, went, but if you choose legalism, in a way you're separating yourself from God, who is life, and, and you're trying to establish your own righteousness. Yeah. And so, that's the way of death. So back, finally, back to our verse, you know, we, 13, 14. We're going to clinch uh, verse 14. It's, it's spreading it from what was given, the blessing to Abraham being given to the Gentiles, to us which is... And the key is in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. You know, all of this was accomplished in Christ Jesus By through faith. his death and resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. So when we, 
when we, in Christ Jesus, the blessing comes on us. Mm. So uh, he develops this later, but when we put our trust in Christ, we are put into Christ Jesus. Mm. And in Christ Jesus, just by that position in Christ, the blessing is ours. Yeah, the resurrection blessing. Justification by faith yeah. and eternal life. The, the, the incomparable thing. power towards us who believe. It's us. That's blessing. Yeah. In Christ Jesus, the blessing might come upon the Gentiles mm. through faith. We, mm. we have to believe it. That's right. It does say that, doesn't it? Through faith, and we receive the promise of the Spirit. Yeah. Have you got some more to add? No, I'm just, don't yeah, just my just, mind go whirls around. Yeah, I don't know how much time we've got, you know, but <laughs> it, it's, you know, Christ enough. in us, the hope of glory. He, he hasn't taken up residence because he thinks it's a good place for a holiday. <laughs> you know, Christ in us is because, we're back to Galatians 2.20 now, because his desire is to allow us, or, or for us to allow him to live his life yeah. through us. That's not being a robot. Yeah. That's not thinking, oh, I'll give up, you know, give up living, just let him take over. Mm -hmm. it, it, I'm thinking about what you were saying, you, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the power that is within us, which is spoken about in Ephesians, mm -hmm. that power with, which is within us, Ephesians 3, is, we're told in Ephesians 1, is the same power with which God raised Jesus from the dead. Which is the point. That is in us. That is what we should be as we walk the earth, but allowing Christ to control that yeah. power, not, you know, not us thinking we can go and strike dead everybody that irritates yes. us. <laughs> but it, we, this is why he can say to us in Matthew 10, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Mm. That's why he can say it. Yeah. You know, raise the dead is in there. And it's a command. It's in the imperative. Greater things you will do. Yeah. And because of Christ in us. The problem is that the inner man, the new man, the new creation, is surrounded by a suit of armour which is holding him in. Yeah. And th that suit of armour needs to be, it can only start to become softer as we understand grace. Because the moment we start to bring legalism into our lives and say, I've got to work harder for God, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, the armour just gets harder. Mm. And we can't let the inner man out, which is where Christ dwells. No, we walk under grace and God will soften the armour. He'll do it. Grace will do it. And we will achieve more than we've ever achieved by our own efforts. Mm. Then he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But we see, well done, my good and faithful servant, as a performance indicator. Couldn't be That's more wrong. Right. That's right. We can't do it. We, we, none of us will be good and faithful, as we could be. None of us will achieve what we were designed to do. None of us will walk in the works which were preordained for us to walk in until we allow grace to take over. Mm. Remember, grace is a person. Wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> so, um, you know, what, what we've been discussing um, it, over this, this hour, especially, it, we haven't made it up. We've just been digging into this scripture, that scripture, how the whole thing weaves together. Uh, and P Peter says in his letter, you know, we did not follow cunningly devised fables. You know, it was rooted in reality. He said, we saw him on the holy mountain. 
um, th that's another place we can go into another time, you know, the, the transfiguration. But the, but the point is, God is revealing himself through what happened on Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal, mm. through, through um, Abraham, Mount Moriah. You know, God is revealing this very powerful, um, eternal truth, this story of salvation. Um, and we're just here sort of picking up on it. And I, I often feel, yes, but there's sometimes, as you say, you, thoughts are coming into your mind and there's so much darting through. We're not capable mm. of articulating it, are we? We're just trying our best. Mm. We've got two verses. We're in our last five minutes or so. Let's see if we can, because I don't know whether we can get away with reading <laughs> The 13 and 14 again next week. So let's make sure that we, we've covered it. Well, the, bl the blessing of Abraham, I think, is an important phrase. Yeah. Uh, because really, although it doesn't say it here, this is, the, this is the new covenant that Christ brings in. Yeah. That is a covenant of grace. And it's brought in through Christ's death and resurrection. But notice the blessing of the new covenant is the blessing of Abraham. Mm. So that tells me that the, the new covenant is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. You know, it's the blessing of Abraham we come into. Wow. In other words, God made the original promise to Abraham that in Abraham and his seed, all the nations will be blessed, the Gentiles will be blessed. So there's a spiritual inheritance of salvation, not just for the Jews, but for all people. Mm. And, and that is the blessing of Abraham that, that was promised to Abraham that would be transmitted through his seed, the Messiah, the, the, the gift of salvation. And that's the blessing of Abraham, praise God, which is forgiveness, righteousness, eternal life. And the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself will live inside us and empower us to live. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's all awesome. by grace. It's a promise, yeah. not by works. Yeah. It is now five minutes to go, so <laughs> we just almost need to, need to take a breather. But um, how how amazing! I, I I'm still ringing in my ear, um, Derek. Is what you said about um, all of, as it were, our curses went in that direction onto the cross, and then and, and then then from Christ. You know, in his resurrection, all the blessings. Yeah. It's a lovely balance. Yes. In his resurrection, he received every blessing on our behalf as our representative. Praise God. He received all the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Mm. So now we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He received it for us. Yeah. When we were put in Christ, now we are yeah. in the blessing. The yeah. blessing is ours. We don't have to work for it. It's been given to exactly. us. We have inherited. You're sure we're not yes. studying Ephesians because John no, <laughs> chapter they're, they're, they're three, so chapter one, and then we zeroed right the, back to the, the beginning of Ephesians through. one. Because when you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in yeah. Christ, when you inherited something from your father or whoever, you know you didn't have to work for it. it it's yours. Yeah. And, and the blessing of Abraham is ours now, in Christ. It is. The Holy and Spirit I, I, is ours. I sense their, their, their viewers, if not today, watching a rerun or yeah. watching it on the 
internet or whatever, who, who, who just feel condemned because they're absolute believers, but they're condemned because they're, they're, they're locked into habits that they loathe and they mm. can't break out of it's alcohol or pornography, whatever it mm. is. Um, and they just feel that they've tried their hardest and all they feel is downtrodden. Go to church with a big smile on Sunday, but the truth is yes. they feel downtrodden. Yes. There's only one answer. There is therefore now no condemnation. Absolutely. And, and, and the answer is, of course the answer is Jesus. I know that, but they know that too. The answer is grace. Mm. You take everything that you loathe about yourself and give it to him. And in exchange, he gives you his holiness. Mm. And that will begin, once you understand that, and that you're not doing it as a religious act, you're doing it out of a defeated, I can't do it position. Mm. And say, Lord, I give it all to you. Mm. All that I am that I loathe, I give to you. All that I do that I wish I didn't do, I give to you. Yeah. And t you take in its place his holiness. That's not being presumptuous. That's what he has provided for you. And, and, and as you begin to and meditate on it, dwell on it, it will begin to bear life in you. You'll begin to get it. Yeah. And when you get it, there's no going back. You can never go back from it once you've got it. Christians everywhere will tell you you're being presumptuous. You should know once you've got it, you've got it and, uh, and, and just run with it. And he will change your habits for you. That's right. And the, the point again from Ephesians, it says we were chosen before the world began to be holy and blameless yes. before him. So therefore, is it really down to us trying to drum up holiness? No, we it, can't. It can't. It is just be, it's it's impossibly transcendent. It's an exchange. The sin is part of the blessing. Yes. Yes. You yeah. So you've got to give up trying to fix yourself. Yeah. Relax and and. Yeah. But the blessing will give you victory. Yeah. In, over sin. Yeah. It's he will a, do it. I can feel you. the blessing. Yeah. You know, it's wonderful. It is. So we're in our last minute now. <laughs> I don't, what I don't want to do is, as it were, prick the bubble. <laughs> and, you know, there's been so much um, powerful um, truths that has come out of this uh, study. You know, we, we were chosen... Yeah, let me him. give you another Lutherism. Okay, uh, okay, very quickly. Yeah, it's enough. Luther says, if I examine myself, I find enough unholiness to shock me. But when I look at Christ in me, I find I am altogether holy. And so it is with the church. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's good, isn't Praise it? The Lord. So it's eyes on Christ, not on you, not on your failings, yeah. not on your miserable, mm. you know, on Christ. Yeah, and yes. I'll remember that next time I look at you, John. <laughs> and um, no, it's really good to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have, so much so that we've stumbled over our words. So we look forward to seeing you next week.